We have a dream. We have a voice. This is the Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. Hi, I'm your host, Kevin Touch, and we are the, the Anchor, Anchor Nation. Nation. Well, Anchor Nation, this is Kevin Touch, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio. We're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation podcast, episode, fi- episode 54. Got my buddy in the background. Uh, this was one Thomas Mark. He's a fitness enthusiast, great guy, mission to help people in his fitness journey and your fitness journey as well. Hope you guys enjoy. Have a great day. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio, and we're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation podcast, episode 54 with Thomas Mark. And without further ado, I'm going to let Thomas introduce himself. What's going on, guys? Thomas Mark here from High Life Radio. I am a health and fitness enthusiast. I love bodybuilding. I love CrossFit. I am all about self-improvement. Just real quick about me before we get into the interview. I graduated college with a bachelor's in financial management, got a job doing mortgage banking, realized it was not for me, and so I had to make the difficult decision with a lot going on. I had a life-changing summer, and I ended up taking a leap of faith pursuing my passion, and I am on my way to living my life full of health and fitness. I've had the amazing opportunity of meeting and and creating so many amazing relationships with so many people across many different platforms, and I'm just super happy to be on Anchor and, and, and be on this interview with Kevin and Anchor Nation. Anchor has been a big part of my come up and me um being able to connect with so many people so i'm super happy to be here thanks again no problem thomas and thank you for taking the time out of your day to show up on the show for sure all right so question one who told you about anchor so i'm not sure if you know of gary v gary v the man of the anchor yeah i mean he is he's all over the place he's on fire his book crush it i mean obviously turned my life around and I think it was on one of his podcasts. It was or one of his uh, daily V, one of his daily V YouTube episodes. He was asked what top apps are on his home screen, and so he mentioned Anchor as one of them. And he was like, "Yeah, it's this really cool audio platform. If you're looking to um, break into the whole podcast slash audio space, it's like the Snapchat of voice." And so I figured, whatever, I have nothing to lose. I'll give it a try. And so I downloaded it, I set it up, and the rest is history. No, for sure. And your your podcast has definitely evolved, and it's become, you know, more to now, for sure. I appreciate that. Thank you. So question two, actually, it's a great segue. What is the podcast High Life Radio dive into? So High Life Radio, it's a um, – High Life, it's a term that I coined. It stands for a healthy investment in your growth and happiness. And I started it because I wanted an avenue to speak to others about encompassing an overall healthy life. So health and fitness has always been my passion. And, you know, when you think of health and fitness, you think of you're working out, you're exercising, and you're eating right. But something I realized this past summer, I had almost, I I became very self-aware. I had almost like a self-awakening moment, you know, when I left my job and a lot of things were put into perspective. I realized that there is so much more that goes into a healthy life than just working out and eating right. You know, you have to be mentally healthy. 
you have to be socially healthy. You have to make sure, you know, things are good with your family. You have to make sure that your life, your priorities are together. And most importantly, at the end of the day, you just have to make sure you're happy. And so when I realized all this, I said, wow, you know, I, I've been striving so hard to live a, a, a healthy and a fit lifestyle, yet there's so much more that I can really do to live an all-around healthy life. And so I created High Life Radio to kind of speak about that. And, you know, I'll talk about things from, you know, health and fitness and nutrition to how to take steps to pursuing your passion to when you need to learn to take a step back. Right now, one of the big things I'm talking about is pacing yourself. You know, 2017 finished the I finished the year off very fast, and right. I got a little burnt out at the end. So something I was trying to bring value to people and, and teach them was that if you're ever doing something on your own or anything worth doing, you have to pace yourself because, you know, you're in it for the long game. And so I've had a couple segments on that. I did an episode on that. Um, and I actually just, I think I filmed another episode about pacing yourself. So that's like just some of the many things I talk about on high life radio, but in general, what you can expect if you listen is you're going to get 20 to 30 minutes, sometimes six. I do a series called six minute lessons as well. If you, if you want a quicker listen, I kind of just bring you a ton of facts in six minutes, but essentially when you listen to high life radio, you can expect to get some value that will hopefully in some way impact you living a healthier life. No, for sure. And I'm glad you mentioned steps and you're giving out tips and facts because sometimes the first steps are the hardest steps to take. And, exactly. they, and they really show the, the bulk of what you had to do. And I'm glad you mentioned investment because what are some things you have learned from diving to the finance industry you now can apply? So the fine, it's, it's actually kind of, it's kind of funny. So the one thing, the finance industry, I didn't like it, <laughs> you know, I mean, a ton of applicable skills that I could bring from it. I'd say, I mean, I've always been an analytical person. So right. going throughout college, getting my bachelor's in finance, it always came easy to me. I could pick numbers apart, put them together. And I think the funniest thing that it just, I, to me, it's funny because I didn't actually take anything away tangibly from my time in mortgage banking. But what I took away was, you know, an, a new opportunity or, or me becoming self-aware. And what happened is that, you know, when you get into the finance industry, you think it's going to be all, it's going to be as glorified as your college or university makes it. So you're going to be with all these numbers. You're going to be nonstop from nine to five. You're going to make a lot of money. It's going to be a great time. However, what in actuality, what happens is that you're sitting at a cubicle for eight and a half, nine hours a day, staring at two Excel spreadsheets. And I just couldn't take it. I knew that that's not what my life was going to sum to, was me doing data work in front of a computer for nine hours a day. And so I knew that there's just more that I wanted to do. And, you know, being in that position allowed me to take that leap of faith, pursue my passion for health and fitness, and, you know, kind of take that next step in my life. And so it's funny, you know, when, when, you know, others and obviously like yourself just ask, you know, what did you learn in your time in finance? You know, I learned that that's not what I wanted to do. Right. And I definitely learned where I was going to go. So if anything, my time in finance was a catalyst in opening up the new opportunity 
for, you know, becoming self-aware and, and understanding what I want to do in my life. No, absolutely. A second chance is always important. It's an opportune time to make it happen. And just a quick follow-up, do you believe just the fact that you were sitting down all day and just kind of pondering and, you know, going through this adversity, this is not what I want to do. Does it help you now teach you more about just the fitness industry and it gives you more of a challenge knowing that I've been through the lows and now everything up is high for sure? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. And it's it's funny that you mentioned that because I would have a lot of free time on my hands. Um, I really only had about two hours, hour and a half of real work a day um, because it, it was basic Excel work. And right. and if, if anything, you know, I, I was bored out of my mind. So I did, in fact, like you said, I had a ton of time all day to kind of sit down and ponder and, and reflect on things. And now that I'm up and about and I'm living a life of my own, it really puts things into perspective. And a lot of, a, a lot of the things that I talk about, um, I always tie back to a central theme of what's the alternative. That's something I always come back to because, you know, there's days where I may not be feeling it or I'm just, I don't have the same motivation. And I think back to those days of a beautiful summer day and I'm just inside and I'm freezing off the AC and I'm looking forward to my lunch break. And I think back to those days of just staring at two computer screens for eight hours, eight and a half hours. And I tell myself, you know, if I'm not feeling it that day, I say, Tom, what is the alternative? You know, you could say that you don't feel it now. You could, you know, take, but you're not going to go back to where you were. That's what drove you here in the first place. And so definitely having that time to sit down and reflect really allowed me to gain an appreciation for being on the low. So where I am now, I know I know what it's like to already be there, so I don't want to go back. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Sometimes reflecting, pondering, and questioning, although it may not be the right execution right away, it's that old adage, take two steps back, and just get one step back and two steps forward. It's kind of like that where you, you need to take that step back, just have that little wake-up moment, like, is this what I really want to do for not only the rest of my life, but maybe your future family's life or just anybody's life? And Is this what I want to do, impact the legacy, or do I want to pursue my passion? and go for a full blast after taking a step back and moving two steps forward. Exactly. No, 100%. And, you know, that was one of the biggest things I had to struggle with at first was taking that step back. It seemed very unnatural. I was someone who always wanted to move forward. For once in my life, having to take a step back financially, socially, you know, to come out of college, get a good job, and then leave it. Um, it was really, it was, it was a very, um, eye-opening experience, but like you said, taking that one step back allowed me to in turn kind of realign myself, recenter myself, and then take two steps forward. Yeah, every day in life, sometimes it, it's so easy to move forward, but then sometimes we forget that weight reflection can always be in our lives. So and we can just take a step back and realize that maybe it's not for me, or maybe this is for me. And like you did, just took a step back and now we're moving forward here your industry, your new industry, that is a perfect segue, is what is the hardest challenge when trying to move into your new career or new passion of health and fitness when previously not liking your finance industry? And, and to those out there who, who may be suffering from the same thing, kind of that shifty mentality of what do I do, what advice would you give them? Oh, man. So definitely, first and foremost, right off the bat, the most difficult part is uncertainty. 
Right. Um, that's something I'm ready. I actually just finished up a blog post last night about it. Um, uncertainty kills, and this will tie directly into the advice, which is you just have to keep going, and like just trust me. I know what it's like to to feel down and to want to quit. You know, you don't know how many times I think you know maybe it would be easier to just go back and get a normal job and make a good salary. And it's tough. It's tough doing something you love. And moreover, it's extremely difficult to be successful at it. Um, Something I've learned in my very short time doing this is things take time and you don't have it. (laughs) You know, at first I was at first when I embarked on this journey, I was like, oh, I have all the time in the world. I don't have a day job. I'm going to get so much stuff done. And then you realize between, you know, for me, for an example, between the workouts and the filming and the recording and the writing and the editing that you don't have a lot of hours in the day. And so you try to sprint through everything and spread yourself so thin and you just get burnt out. And then that's when you start to question yourself. You say, Mm -hmm. what am I doing? Why am I doing this? You know, this was supposed to be a lot of fun. And I just feel, I feel lost right now. And it's that uncertainty that's the biggest part because that's what will make or break you. So many will say, oh, well, I tried. It's not working out. I'll go back to what I was doing. Or you can keep pushing forward and good things will happen. You know, this is actually recently, this is the second time now in which I've kind of got into a little roadblock. You know, life is all about taking that next step. And so you push forward, you push through whatever adversity you're going through, you get to that next step and you feel a little sense of relief only to then be challenged again at a greater length. And so uncertainty absolutely kills. That is by far the biggest challenge is just knowing that you have to trust life and let it do its thing because obviously you have control over your life, but in the grander scheme of things, you know, life will happen. And that's probably one of the biggest other than, other than just, accepting the fact that you're going to have to push forward. What right. makes that so much easier is understanding that, you know, everything in life happens for a reason. So if I could give three big tips just right off the bat, it's pace yourself, understand that everything in life happens for a reason and just keep pushing because regardless, nobody knows the outcome. The uncertainty will be there and it will eat you alive. You'll wake up, you'll do all this work and you'll ask yourself, what is it all for? And you have to understand one, everything in life will happen for a reason. Right. And so whatever you may be experiencing right now, whatever you may be going through, it will make or break you and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So in turn two, you have to push yourself and keep going because you won't reach that light. If you give up, it's, it's binary. It's either you do or you don't, because again, what's the alternative. And the one thing that helps you, keep going is if you just pace yourself i learned the hard way multiple times sprinting at your goals does not get you there any faster it burns you out and then you have to spend more energy in recuperating so just pace yourself understand where you want to go take those small steps and just understand that things will happen and if you do that and if you can offset your uncomfortableness with uncertainty then i think i think you have a good formula for at least getting off getting off on the right foot. No, you're absolutely right. And I'm glad you mentioned, you know, the uncertainty element because 
in life, everyone's going to have an uncertainty and everyone has those uncomfortable moments. But if you can be fearless knowing that whatever you do is going to work out because everything happens for a reason and just kind of put the uncertainty, it's in the air, but don't really focus on it too much, you'll stay more focused too. Absolutely. Things is that the uncertainty just it consumes you instead of focusing your brain power on you know productivity, getting something done, or you know what the next step is. You are so captivated by, am I doing the right thing? Am I getting enough of a response? Right. You know, should I be doing this? And you just you spend so much time questioning yourself when you should just forget about it, let it happen. And yeah, don't sweat the on. small stuff. That's all small stuff in the grand scheme of things. And if you can focus on the bigger picture of like, well, I don't really care about who likes and what likes and, you know, all that stuff and focus on what am I going to do tomorrow to improve myself? What am I going to do the next day to keep improving? That's when you win and just keep focusing on the laser focus mode and the task at hand rather than kind of an uncertain element that you can't control. So I like how you said, keep doing you, keep going on. That's focus on what you can control and not so much an outside factor. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Cannot agree with you anymore. So, question five: What was your support system like through any adversity? Not just this, but anything you've experienced through your life. So, that's actually a, that's actually a super interesting question because it took me a while to understand mm-hmm. my support group. So, growing up, I was always a very extroverted person. No, I always had my family by my side first and foremost. But growing up, I was always very extroverted and I always was searching for the opinion of others and the satisfaction of others. So early on in life, my support group was that of empty friends almost. You know, I I was someone early on who equated, you know, quantity over quality. And so it took me a while to, you know, just through growing up and, you know, through lessons to learn that it doesn't matter how many friends you have, but it's the quality of the friendships you have. And then especially with everything this past summer, you know, my family was never really supportive, to be honest, of the health and fitness aspect at first, but they were there for me when I took that leap of faith. And since then they have been behind me 100% because, you know, it, it, it's difficult. I understand from a parent's perspective, it's difficult to have your son say, yeah, I just graduated college. I paid all this money. I have this degree. I have this nice job. I'm mm-hmm. throwing it away. And I, I get it. It's a very, it's, it's a difficult thing to comprehend, but they have been right there by my side and I can't thank them enough. Um, other than them, probably the two, three of my closest friends, I'd say, have been there for me. I've been able to talk to them, bounce ideas off of them. You know, right now, one of my best friends, his name is actually Kevin, too. He um, he, uh, he is my right-hand man in everything, from helping me with social media to filming my workouts to giving me ideas on where I can go next. I mean, he's been my right-hand man. And it's funny, actually, other than my family and my three friends, that's really all there is. And, you know, this is actually something I've talked about in – when you decide, I, I did an article on being an ambivert, which is essentially a combination of an introvert and an extrovert. So coming from a very extroverted life previously, you know, I then completely flipped myself around into an introvert. 
because I realized there was something I needed to focus on. And in order to do so, I needed to, or at least I thought I needed to be in my head and as singular as possible. So I kind of went on, I kind of like was a turtle. I went back to the shell and, you know, you emerge from that, you gain new perspectives and you realize who matters in your life and who really is there and who's not. And so throughout this journey, I, I've really been, I've really developed a good skill in, in, in judging people and, and, you know, who's going to be by my side and who's not. And thankfully, you know, my, my mom, my dad, you know, my entire family and my two or three best friends, they have been so amazingly supportive. I, I can't, I would not. No, for sure. I'm glad you, uh, you mentioned your parents and, and when you first, uh, you know, kind of decide to take your uh, change of course. It is hard for any parent, but the fact that they've been by your side and you had your right hand, man, you've got your support system there to support you. It, it really does make a difference because that is, you know, it goes back to uncertainty. You may, you may would have thought like, uh, what's the reaction? But the fact that they um, supported you, that's one less thing you have to worry about, even though it may seem kind of, you know, wishy-washy at first when they realize like, no, this is, this is what he's trying to do. This is his passion. They went for it. They, they excelled at, they got more comfortable in what you were doing. Exactly. And that's what happened. You know, at first I had a lot, I had many people who, I guess you can call right. them acquaintances or friends, but they don't laugh at you, but they kind of give you that look of like, what are you doing? You know, when you tell them that you're leaving corporate finance to go, you know, work right. out for a living, you know, that that's how everyone else looks at it. And, you know, obviously, I, I get it. You know, it, it's a very funny thing to comprehend. But then, you know, with my parents, after sitting them down and explaining, like, listen, you know, I have this vision that I want to, you know, I have, I have this goal that I, I want to inspire and help others. I have this vision that I want to follow through on. And these are the avenues I'm going to take with it. And honestly, it just takes hard work and it takes sticking it to them. You know, at, at first it was there was a little friction with my with my family. You know, obviously they were super supportive, but it was more of a a blind support of we don't really know what you're doing, but you know you're our son, we have to support you anyway. And then, like you said, they start seeing things rolling, they start seeing it's a real thing, and they're like, wait a second, he's actually doing it, and that's just the big that's just execute. Yeah, you kind of you kind of took that blind chance, that blind leap of faith, like, well, you know what whatever they say, they're going to be consistent with me. They're my parents. And then when you start to execute, they're like, oh, okay, he's really executing. Things are happening. And it just really <laughs> was like that, un that, that unsettling feeling is now settled down. And you can really just focus more on that instead of have to worry about not only uncertainty, but just the fact that you now kind of found your groove instead of, you know, do I go back to tread water? You kind of kept moving forward like a rolling boat for sure. Exactly. And, that, and that's also – another thing too because you talked you mentioned how like the uncertainty can consume your mind and the opinions of others really does right. too and at first at first it was really big to comprehend because I would tell myself well what would my parents think about this what would my friends think about this and you start to put into perspective you know whose opinion matters to you and you quickly realize that no one no one's opinion should matter you know, it's your life that you're living in. Obviously, I respect everyone's opinion and I take it into consideration. But I think Gary Vee put it perfectly when he said, you know, I think the exact quote verbatim was, it's not that I don't care about anyone else's opinion. 
It's just I care a tad bit more about mine versus everyone else combined. And, you know, I kind of looked at it like that, and I said, well, you know, everyone will always have their doubts. Everyone will always question what you're doing to an extent. But they're not you. And the only way for me to succeed in doing this is to just put my head down and show them. And, you know, like you said, I was able to thankfully catch my groove and, you know, things start making a little more sense and, you know, the people start tacking on and it's, it's, it's a good ride. It's a good ride, but it's. Yeah, it's right. Absolutely. Work. No matter what anyone says you're doing, you could, of course you got to value your opinion. That's, you know, that's your choice. But at the same time, the only choice that matters is whatever you do. And you got to be happy with it at the end of the day. So kind of taking that a hundred percent theory of, all right, I can respect that, but at the end of the day, is that the best decision for me? Maybe, but at the same time, whatever matters that I do is what I got to stick to. Although we, we do have this uh, mentality of, yeah, we can help each other out. At the end of the day, it's still you still got to help yourself progress, then try to help others. And you want to put yourself in the shoes where I'm good in my, in my standing. Then if I feel more entitled to it, then I can start respecting it more, knowing I've kind of done I kind of been through the journey. Then you share your story a little bit more and get open. I know what you're saying. That is that is the absolute truth right there. I mean, um, there was a cool video I saw the other day that explained it perfectly. You know, when you're on an airplane, a flight attendant will tell you, put your oxygen mask before you put anyone else right. on. And it's that same mantra, you know. If you can't help yourself, if you can't help yourself, how can you help others? And so that was a concept that I really had to embrace a lot because I, sometimes people are selfish. You know, there's a lot of... I mean, I can't tell you how many, you know, people I've flaked on, how many, you know, hangouts I've canceled, how many well, dates I've had to, you know, cancel out. How many things that I've had to withdraw from what I'm doing. And, you know, a lot of people will come at you and say, oh, you're being consumed. Oh, you're being selfish. But the way I see it is I know what I have to do. And... If I can't do that, then I can't even give any energy to you. And so you're absolutely right. You just kind of have to, you know, keep your head down and do what's right for you in order to give back to others. Exactly. You got to keep moving forward. And I like how you brought the oxygen mass theory on the plane because really, if you can't really help and suffice yourself, then why are you trying to help another when you know it's something's internally wrong or externally wrong with you? So it's important to just focus on maintaining health and, and, and not just mental and physical health, but just maintain your goals in, in hand. And now we move into your passion. Question six, how has the fitness tips and tricks you give helped you in your own fitness journey? Oh, um, this is a big one for me because I find that as I, I find that as I have, you know, given tips and helped other people, it, it's almost like a self-reflection of me. And I in turn, grow off of them and it's almost like a reverse effect so generally i'll think oh okay you know i learned this or this is a cool technique or i think someone could benefit from this let me show them and then i do that you know i get my response or whatever but then it's almost as if it holds me accountable you know because now it's like well i showed people this i now have to do it and you know it's super easy to show everyone how to eat right, you know, proper form, 
um, you know, all the good things to do and the what not to do. It's very easy to show people that, but then to actually do it and live it day by day, um, it's it's a steady challenge. And, you know, giving back to other people and, and showing them, you know, what I love to do, it's it's really, if anything, it's held me accountable because I tell myself, well, I wouldn't tell my audience to do this. So why would I do it? You know, one of, you know, one of my big things is, you know, I tell people it's all about diet because it really is. I get a lot of questions on, you know, how can I look like this? And it's all diet based. And so when I am in the situation where, you know, I'm questioning what I can eat or whatever, it's, it's a super, it could be as, as super minute as that, as just having a snack. But in the back of my head, subconsciously, I'm saying, well, Tom, like, is that really what you're about? And then just those simple little switches make the biggest difference. Um, and that's really just what I've noticed, you know, especially I did a mini series toward the end of 2017 where I was focusing on training and I had a lot of amazing support from people and those on social media. But again, it held me accountable. It kept me to a schedule. And I said, well, you know what? I've been talking to these people about this. They expect me to do this. And, you know, I'm not going to let myself down and I'm not going to let them down. So if anything, Kevin, if if anything, giving tips and helping others mm-hmm. has just directly, you know, helped my life as well. Because I can, it's like a self-reflection. Right. I see myself in helping others. And so I know, you know what is better to do. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes helping others, you can feed off the energy, you can feed off their tips. I'm glad how you said a lot of people can, you know, we hear the, can talk the talk, but can you really walk the walk and how you see, anyone can see the form, anyone can see what you're eating, but on the outside, you've got to make sure you're confident in what you're posting. You've got to make sure you're confident in what you're seeing, what you're doing. Then you, once you provide that information and you can get some feedback saying, hey, you changed my life or you changed the way I eat, I'm sure that's got to be a great humbling feeling to know you helped impact somebody and you may have not expected that response. Oh, 100%. I mean, right off the bat, when I first started doing this, one of the one of the big conversations I remember was I had a young girl in Syria message me on Instagram, and she was like, what you're doing is amazing. You know, we can't even do what you're doing in my country right now, and I aspire to do the same thing, and to just see someone like that, you know, living a life of their own. And it was just so, I was like, wow. I was like, I never thought I would impact some little girl's life out in Syria. To have that, you know, hit my phone, it's just such a eye-opening experience. And, you know, especially with my blogs, I give a lot of life lessons. And it's funny, sometimes I'll catch myself because I'll be giving a life lesson on, you know, how to get out of a rut or how to achieving your goals, you know, for example. And right. I myself may specifically be going through something that pertains to that. So, like, I remember when I was writing my blog post about how to, of being in a rut, I was genuinely in a rut for two weeks. And I think that's what helps my accountability with giving back and feeding off that energy, like you said, is that I'll, I'm – absolutely transparent and i've just learned over time that establishing those real connections with people that's just that's what matters and so you know generally with my i 
learning. So in that specific example, how to get out of a rut. Meanwhile, I'm so that's when you know, I take a step back and say, you know, I need to take my. You get so caught up in helping others that you forget that you matter too. And so, like you said, just feeding off the energy and just helping others and then in turn helping yourself too. No, absolutely. Sometimes we, we do get caught up in the fact that there's so many people out there and you would think, nah, not one connection, just a connection or somebody you meet in real life and they give you that energy, that spark, that can motivate your day too to where maybe I wasn't going to do this task today, but now that I got the energy, it gives you a new life. It kind of gives you that rebirth of, oh, okay, someone, someone else could be struggling, but someone else has been helped. Why not try to do more? Absolutely. So question seven, what are some advantages, in your opinion, of having to deal with adversity at a young age? Oh, I think, oh, man, just being an old man in a young, in a young guy's body. Um, I mean, that just, I, I, I tell people sometimes I feel right. like an old wise man. And um, obviously, you know, I would have, you know, who doesn't want to enjoy, you know, their youth and, and have all the fun. But going through adversity – um, you know, from quitting in the span of one week, you know, my daughter has a stroke. I turned 22. I hate my job. I have this whole self-awakening phase, you know, you know, all for all throughout my life, really. I, I, I face, I've always faced a lot of adversity and it was the summer with that life changing week. And at such a young age, I'm just thankful that perspectives on life because it really changes you. And it's one of those things where on the surface, no quite differences are. And like, so for example, a lot of my peers, they be caught up in the whole life routine of running on a track. You know, this is something I talked about in my very first blog post was that life is like a track, you know, laps around it. And right. we're, supposed to, we're supposed to get this, so to speak, mile time where, you know, I equated life to, like, running a mile back in uh, high school, if, if anyone remembers that. And, you know, we're all chasing this, so to speak, dream. And they're going through adulthood. You know, everyone has their nine to five. They go out afterwards. Like, I lived it. I get it. I have all my friends in it. But a lot of people just don't understand who they are and what they should be happy about. And going through all this adversity has really just allowed me to become truly self-aware. And it's a difficult thing to talk about if you're not self-aware as well, because it sounds like you're speaking to other people. What I mean is, you know, everybody – yeah, exactly. It's like everybody thinks they know who they are. And, you know, I get it. I thought thought so too. And growing up, you know, my parents were me, you know, like, who are you? Like, what do you want to do? And I just never really knew, but at the same time, I thought I knew. And after all the adversity that I've been through, it really opens up your mind to just understand kind of, one, everything in life will happen for a reason. That's one of my biggest mantras. But once you understand that, it allows you to move on with your life because then now 
you don't have to ponder any of life's randomness. You know, if you lose something or if your day is not going right, you don't have to expel any extra energy on it because you just have to accept the fact that it happened and you can move on. And that's obviously with adversity, you know, going back to the old saying, you know, like shit happens. And so um, understanding that, you know, bad things will happen, negative situations will happen. And you have, again, what's the alternative? You have no choice but to go back and push through. And I think this has really allowed me to tackle life in a new manner because, you know, I'm not concerned with what everyone else is concerned with. You know, I'm, I'm not concerned with going out and, you know, having, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy having fun, but I'm not concerned with what gets other people off, if that makes sense, you know? Right. Like when you when when you understand that you have the ability to control your life and you've been bounced around so much, you understand how precious life can be, and that it really is something that one that we can be grateful for, and two, it's something that we have the control over, and and we directly can take ourselves from one point and will ourselves to somewhere else. You know, last week I did an interview with a good friend of mine, Mr. Jim DeFalco. And, you know, speaking of adversity, this man was a recovering drug and alcohol addict. He lived the life of the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, he was just, you know, extremely wealthy, partying all the time. And, I mean, speaking about adversity, he lost it all, family problems, um, relationship problems, you know, self problems. I mean, this man went through so much, and he was able to persevere, push through on the other side, and you know, come out of success, and just seeing people like that, you know, I, I can relate with because, you know, adversity is what makes you, and you know, life can be going well, but what defines you is how you handle it when it doesn't go well. And I'm glad you mentioned not only uh, your your buddy Jim. We'll get to him in a minute, but the fact that the stuff you do and the fact that you're grateful that you can control your own destiny. Not many people can do that. Some people are caught up with a company. Some people are caught up with a family member. And it's affecting their destiny. But the fact that you can control it, you've been through the things that... I've been to the bottom. I've been to the lowest of lows. And the fact that I now know that I don't have to worry about other things in life and focus on it, and even more importantly, kind of live it each day. And, you know, meeting new people. And just a quick follow-up, do you feel like your friend like Jim and others you meet do you feel you're getting more perspective as you broaden your horizons in life as you pursue your dream? Become more grateful because something I've learned is that everybody goes through their own demons and everybody goes through their own problems. Now, what makes it so impactful is when they can rise above. A lot of people keep things bottled up. You know, they, they live that um, they live that more so beta layout where they're going to go with, you know, they're going to go with the flow. They're going to do their thing. Always be there and there's nothing they can really do about it. And then you have alpha people like Jim, for an example, who have been to hell and back and have still found a way to climb over be on top and 
it's my eyes to gratitude because I think that's one of the biggest things that holds us back. You know, a lot of times we forget how good we have it. You know, mm-hmm. for the most part, for the most part, you know, many of our listeners, you know, many of our families and friends, etc. You know, we have it good in life. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're born in America. You know, mm-hmm. for um, obviously people have, you know, their physical and mental disabilities. But for the most part, we are, you know, there's generally nothing life-threatening. Nobody's holding a gun to our head. We're not in some country where terrorism and, and, and bombing and, and you know, rape and, and, and theft are, are things that are, are common. Um, you know, we, we have the ability, you know, with the internet to really take control of our lives. And not even that, just we, we have the ability to, to empower ourselves. And a lot of people don't believe in themselves. And in opening up and connecting with so many other people, I've truly learned how to be grateful because, you know, these people have opened up to me told, and they've just persevered. And so if right. they can do it, then why can't It's giving I? you a new perspective and a fresh air saying, wow, these people, they're just like me. They've been through the adversity. So why not try to, you know, make them proud? And when you're in their presence, learn from them, you know, may not be taking notes, but just being in their presence and, and remembering the moments you had these memories it'll help you progress later in life too. When you get to their age or when you get to a certain thing, you kind of know what to do now instead of, you know, it's a snap. You know what to do instead of kind of hesitating. You got it. You attack it. And you attack it, you know, strategically in a way where you're going to benefit yourself and then someone else in the long run. Exactly. And just learning from everyone. Every That's something that I've learned um, in these past couple months is really becoming a better listener right. versus a better speaker. And, you know, something I've learned is that everybody has something to offer and you just got to listen. You got to pay attention and you got to take those cues. And, you know, there's like, for an example, from Jim, you know, he was talking about his, I asked him about his morning blue that his day started for success and little things like starting your day off with reading your goals and some words of positivity, um, you know, drinking your coffee and getting a little bit of work done before sunrise. Right. You know, basic little things like that. Like those are very applicable tools that the next day I went and tried and I felt great. And it's little moments like that where it's like, wow, I bonded with someone. I took some value from them. I then applied it to my life and it made my life better. And I can't ask for anything. It's just, it's such an amazing feeling because you physically see yourself grow in that and and, you know i'm glad you mentioned blueprints and and listening and speaking because when you listen you feel like you understand you don't have to speak 100 percent of time you listen you kind of have more of that that uh that feedback in your brain and that blueprint to know i can attack it more even more in a listener sense and then attack stronger because you listen to them and then you kind of can apply all forces which actually is a great uh follow-up uh follow-up and segue into the next question how is your project of trying to build a stronger brain with your blog posts that people help you spread your message through the thick and thin of adversity and now through your fitness journey? So it was, that was one of my favorite blog posts that I've done thus far. 
and it really mm-hmm. it really opened up a lot to me. So, in short, what happened was so it actually stemmed from my interview with Jim. So during that interview, he had mentioned to me how the brain has the ability to be, I guess, enhanced through physical exercise. I forget his exact words, but he slipped it in somewhere in the interview where he said something along the lines of, you work out, you know, it allows your brain to comprehend new things. And, you know, and just kind of picking up on things. That was a that was probably five, six seconds of the interview, but it stuck with me enough to I want to, you know, let's just make it a blog post. I can learn about it and teach others. And what I found through reach and some studies, but I found that the human brain, in fact, can create new brain cells. And this occurs in an area called the hippocampus. What happens is it's a process called neurogenesis, which is the process of, you know, birthing new brain cells. And what these studies found was that physical aerobic exercise. Really? Yeah. Hippocampus cell proliferation and. So I was just really fascinated by how the brain can redevelop brain cells. You want to just elaborate on that, Thomas? Yeah. So again, it was brought up to me very quickly, um, just super briefly in my interview with my friend Jim, and it was something that intrigued me too. So I did some research, and what I found were, was that there were a lot of animal studies done in which they pair two groups. You know, one set of animals who performed aerobic exercises and then the others who lay dormant and they found that in the animals that practice aerobic exercise they one experienced greater hippocampus cell proliferation and two experienced reduced neural connection degeneratives which essentially meant that the animals who experienced aerobic exercise showed an increase in brain cell production and a decrease in neural connection um, longevity. So what that means is that, again, going back to what I said earlier, neurogenesis is the process of creating new brain cells. I know a lot of people don't believe that's true and that there's a very large argument against the fact that you can create new brain cells. However, studies show and science shows that it is entirely possible to rebirth new brain cells. It's just what happens is naturally with age, neural connections do fade away and die off. Now, what those are, the simplest way I can put it is that they're similar to your cache on a computer. You know, if you learn something, whether it be a new skill or a language or a talent, your brain forms a connection. Right. And then as you age, if that connection isn't utilized enough, it begins to fade away. Now, what's awesome is that Many thought that whatever brain cells you're born with, that's it. However, through physical exercise, it was shown that your hippocampus, which is an area in your brain that can produce brain cells, it can, in fact, you know, rebirth them. And naturally, it does that to compensate for, you know, any lost 
brain cells, neural connections, etc. However, the act of physical exercise even further increased that effect. So then I was, so then I, I read that research and I said, okay, that seems plausible, but I mean, it's still kind of up in the air. Well, right. I came across a critically acclaimed neuroscientist, Dr. Wendy Suzuki. She did a TED talk about this exact topic and her video, I linked it to my blog post. I highly recommend everyone to watch it. It's only 14 minutes long. And she, in the most simplest, in, you know, plain English, happily explains her reasoning behind how she came to her conclusions. So what happens is she noticed that when she herself took up physical activity, um, going to aerobic classes, she found that her work and her productivity increased as well. So being a professor at NYU, she sought out to study the correlation between physical exercise and your cognitive function, your ability to use more of your brain and have more brain power. And going off of the research that you know I talked about, she said, okay, there's already this backbone of research that says that you can create new brain cells through exercise and prevent and further long longevity of the neural connections. So what she did with her human students, mind you, because there weren't many human studies done at the time, she said, okay, we're going to perform 30 minutes of aerobic exercise before our lecture. And then following the exercise before they start the lecture, they were given an assignment of an Etch-a-Sketch. Etch-a-Sketch. Yep. So the Etch-a-Sketch image, as you know, is like very fuzzy and it's very grainy. So they were two Etch-a-Sketch images side by side. And she had the students differentiate the images and According to her, it was an extremely complex assignment, even for the neuroscientist uh, PhD students. And I guess, you know, from her description, it was two strikingly similar images with probably the most finite, minor detail that was different. And what she found was that over the course of the class, following the exercise, the students got significantly better in not only differentiating the different images, but also getting quicker at being able to differentiate the images. The, the very difficult assignment was no longer a challenge at the end of the semester, and the students were able to breeze through them. This, coupled with all her other research, allowed her to come to the conclusion that physical exercise can, in fact, suggest a highly, highly increased production in brain cells and moreover, a reduced decrease, or I guess an increased longevity in neural connections. And I thought this was super interesting because, again, I was like many other people. I didn't think that you can necessarily create new brain cells. And all this right. research comes about. She goes out and she gives an amazing talk. And she, in short, says, yes, research has found, I myself have found, that physical exercise can increase brain cell reproduction. And it kind of clicked with me. Over the summer, when I was going through all this stress and my life-changing week and how I came to become self-aware and take that leap of faith, all that stuff, mm -hmm. all the while, I was in the best shape of my life. And it wasn't until doing this research that I, it kind of clicked and I said, well, obviously there, there's no evidence that says it's 100% true, but this can't be a coincidence that 
going through all this stress and allowing me to push through to the other side had nothing to do with me being in the best shape of my life. And I think the fact that I was, I was physically feeding my brain, you know, I, I was physically in very good shape. My workouts and my diets were on point. You're in tune, um, right? Yeah. So all that is, all that is going so well, but on the flip side, I'm also feeding my brain power and it all clicked and it, it just made sense. And I, I fully backed that statement. And I, I think that it's something where, you know, it's no secret that physical exercise is good for you, but the fact that it gives your brain that extra edge, the ability to create new brain cells and new neural connections, and it helps you adapt and grow. And that's essentially what I talked about in the blog post was how, right. you know, many, many people, they, they want to take that first step and they want to grow and adapt and learn new things and physical exercise might be able to help them with that. You know, just getting, getting up and moving your body does wonders for the brain. And, you know, obviously health and fitness has always been my passion, but to take it a step further and understand what it does for my brain was absolutely mind blowing. And I'm really happy. I was able to share that with everyone. No. And that's a great point. I think with the, the brain, it's obviously it's the most important thing in your body. Because that's the first thing you do. If you you damage your brain, you got problems. That's, that's the belief. Yeah. So you want to always keep that in shape. But the thing that fascinated me as I as I actively listened to that is the 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 case study. I think that's something schools should implement: stretching, stretching before a test or any type of a rope. Now, would you classify aerobics as like a light stretch or something like just physical activity in general? I think when it when it comes down to it, aerobic exercise can be classified as anything that just really gets your body moving, whether it be gotcha. a, a, whether it be some jumping jacks or a simple stretch, maybe a little bit of yoga or jogging in place. You know, it's funny. When I was in sixth grade, I used to have a substitute teacher. His name was Mr. Bird. And before each quiz, he would make us jump up and down for two minutes. The just, bird. Yeah. And I mean, just jumping up and down, flapping your arms. And he himself, I, I remember this, it's funny now that I think of it, he said that going to gym class would help us with our quizzes. And this was, oh my gosh, this was probably 10, 11 years ago, and now I'm remembering it. But definitely, yeah, aerobic exercise, anything that just gets your body moving. No, that's interesting, and I think that would lead to down the road. And just a quick thought, would you think more of these aerobic exercises, do you believe doing this every day, will that prevent some type of Alzheimer's dementia, you think there's a like a correlation with the study of aerobic exercise that could somehow re- like not, obviously you can't reverse Alzheimer's dementia that's out there, but you think that could help the cause of trying to prevent those diseases if they keep learning about this? I most definitely do believe so. Um, you know, it, it's funny actually. Well, it's not funny, but <laughs> Alzheimer's right. um, unfortunately has run through my family. My grandfather passed away from it. My grandmother is beginning to experience that effect. And um, obviously, like you said, you know, it's, it's a genetic disorder. It's, it's bound to, you know, come and go within you know, anyone's DNA. However, I do think that physical exercise directly correlates to possibly preventing or at least combating these, um, these illnesses. And the reason being is the reason the big the reason is, you know, Physical exercise, for one, is known to clearly, you know, have physical longevity um, positives 
correlated with it. We all know that if you, you know, regularly exercise and eat right, you will live a longer, healthier life physically. You know, you will be healthier, your organs, joints, et cetera, all that. However, no. yeah, you're right. after going off of, you know, these studies, you learn that, okay, it does have, these, it does have the ability to extend the longevity of these neural connections and moreover Mm -hmm. it has the ability to create new brain cells and in one of the research documents i actually found they talked about elderly patients and those experiencing dementia and alzheimer's and how they even um highly suggest that getting these um geriatric patients into um a rehab a rehabilitation center just to get moving once or twice a week has shown to help them um, with their illnesses. And I just think, you know, you're, you're getting the blood moving I, and, and it's right. absolute simplicity. You're getting the blood moving. The blood's going to your brain. You know, with all the research being said, new brain cells are being created. I don't think there's any reason to not suggest that there could be a correlation between, you know, being physically active and having a, a physically active, healthier brain that can also live longer and possibly combat these degenerative diseases. I'm interested that you say that because I, I really do feel that with studies like this in your blog post, it could lead to something. You know, it, obviously it's not a cure. Like we don't have an actual cure, like a, a, mm-hmm. a sustainable cure. But the more, I don't want to say this is, you know, like I'm going to call it independent research we do. The more I think this will help the cause instead of, you know, obviously charity is helping all that. But I really think well, you're on to something here with the, the aerobic exercise. And that's something not only can be taught in class, but maybe like a, a nursing home where maybe senior citizens can, you know, just get up and move. And that will help them create maybe not the most brain cells like a younger person, but something to get them going with the blood move. It's interesting. You know, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. I mean, it's something that, you know, I've become very passionate about. And right. um, especially after doing this research, you're right. It, it really opened my eyes to the fact of how powerful physical exercise can be you know whether it be for the senior citizens who want to you know prolong their mental health as long as possible or if it's for the younger generation of kids who um just want to get a head start on doing what they love or even if they're for people in their in their um midlife crisis who just want a a kickstart to get them you know to kind of reset their life and physical exercise's ability to um almost kind of ignite a fire in your brain. I mean, I've noticed it every single day of my life, how cognitively more powerful I feel before and after a workout. And I mean, it makes so much sense that the most, you know, successful people in this world have all attributed some form of um, physical exercise or health to their success. So, I mean, again, I I appreciate that, that love. I think, you know, it's, it's something that, I definitely want to do more research on and, and hopefully bring to the masses attention so we can, you know, we, we can make our brains stronger as well. No, you're right. And just a quick, to wrap the following points before we head on to the next question, to anyone out there in Anchor Nation, it may seem like a lot of science, but if you break it down, you move for a minute a day or a minute, you know, every hour, that's 24 minutes and that adds up. So even just a minute of exercise. Oh, of course. I mean, it adds up. It's crazy. Now that I think about it, even just one second, a minute of walking, you, you've done something. It's crazy. it's crazy. I generally tell people, if you want to be healthier, the two most applicable things you, you could do, the three things are just sleep a little more, drink a little more water, and just 
walk for 15 minutes a day. It makes sense. You exactly. You don't you don't have to overcomplicate it. It's not difficult. Just get your body moving. Like even if you just you know do jumping jacks, that's even better. Like it's it's not. You're absolutely right. The minute really makes a difference. Oh, for sure, man. I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm sure this will definitely spark some conversation. But we move on to question nine. Uh, what is one theme you would tell any young person going through a career change or even like something with the financial industry that passion or are still figuring themselves out in like a college or a high school setting? And in terms of like what like, – oh, it's like if they're just figuring themselves out? Yeah, like what is one thing you would say, just one theme message you would give off to them? Be yourself because everyone else is already taken. I learned that lesson the hard way, and I think, you know – if there's anything I've learned in this past journey, it's to just be happy, you know, not to get like too deep into um, my personal story, but I spent the first 21 years of my life living for other people's opinion, you know, growing up, growing up, always reaching, like, like I mentioned earlier in the interview, growing up, always reaching out, being an extrovert, always wanting to, you know, be like other people, satisfy other people and do things that society said was cool because that's what you're fed growing up. You know, you want to fit in with the culture and you want to fit in with other people. And it just, it got me to places in life that I wasn't happy. And I realized that if I had only just, you know, well, obviously I'm thankful. Everything that I've been through has made me who I am now. I wouldn't have it any other way. But if anybody is lost, if, if anyone is in high school right now, you know, I know those are the tough years where you have no idea what's going on. You know, you're being told to go into college. You have no idea what you want to do. You're 17, 18 years old, and you need to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. That's insane. So I tell you to just take a deep breath. Understand that everything in life happens for a reason. Right. And as long as you're a good person, just be yourself and it will play out. Yeah, the, you know, enough just, said there, for sure. That's, that, that, that's it. Just, you know, be kind. Be a good person. You know, don't be a criminal. Don't, you know, be a degenerate. <laughs> Just be a nice, kind person, have manners, hold the door, and then just be yourself. Be yourself. If you, exactly. If you love to – if you're an artist and you're having a million people tell you that you can't make a career out of being an artist, go ahead and be an artist. Like, try, like I was one of those people that, you know, people told me, they're like, oh, like, you can't make a career out of health and fitness. You can't, you know, take the safer route, get that job, and, like, it doesn't play out. Just if, if you're just someone, if you're just feeling lost and especially like if you're those younger kids, like I feel for you, just Absolutely. understand, understand that life will play itself out as long as you're a good person and just be yourself. Don't conform to anyone else. You do you and everything will take care of itself. And definitely have some patience. I think it's important to, not only to be yourself, but since everything happens for a reason, everything will work out in the end. If you be yourself and be a little bit patient and realize, oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> yeah, because if you don't, if you just rush things, you just don't know where you could lead. So it's definitely to be important to be patient. We can elaborate on that for sure. Exactly, and and you know, like again, one of the like I said earlier, one of the biggest things I'm talking about is pacing yourself. You know, patience is a virtue. It's so true. It's so cliche, but really, if you can master the art of patience, then you've already won. Because you've accept you've you've basically accepted the fact that you already are going to win in life. You're just not going to do it for maybe twenty or thirty years. You know, I'm equally as impatient as well, and it's it's a hard thing to overcome. We want to make that change, but then we want to see results. 
and it can right. be super it could be super discouraging when five months in you have absolutely nothing to show for it and you're like well damn like did i make the right decision you know maybe i shouldn't have been an artist but i think as long as you just you know be yourself and just put some time into it everything will be everything will work out but just you're right you're absolutely right don't rush it because the minute you rush it that's when you give in your quality and your work ethic and you just want whatever comes at you. You don't want to give in. You start giving in, that's when the moment you lose too. So it's important to stay patient, stay, stay the course, pace yourself, and then start attacking slowly so you develop something later down the road for sure. 100%. That's exactly what it is. Just pace yourself and life will work out. You just Time is your friend and enemy. Enemy in that you don't have a lot of it, but in reality, you do. You know, you don't have 24 hours a day to waste, but you have 30 years to make your legacy. Put it like that, and I think you'll do well. Absolutely. The legacy aspect of life is important because if you don't have the legacy, you just it, – yeah, it's crazy to think, but 30 years down the road, you can make something happen in, in an aspect where it, it doesn't mean – it doesn't mean it will happen right away, but the legacy you live, you pass it on to so many generations. It's crazy to think, for sure. All right, so our last two questions is, what is your goals in the next five years? Uh, personally, work the ranker. Oh, man, next five years, geez. Well, to be honest, every every day is a brand new day. Every week changes. Uh, you know, it, it's funny. I was always someone that wanted to have a plan, and I felt like it was necessary to have a plan. And, you know, I've really embraced in the whole not having a planned aspect recently. So gosh, in five years, I'd like to hopefully be making a a relative living off of my passion for health and fitness. I like to be much more immersed in the community. I want to be tangibly giving back to others, you know, whether it be, you know, doing, you know, um, speaking or or working directly one-on-one with people. I want to, you know, I want to be able to scale my ability to help people but at that same time, I want to be able to, you know, reach them directly. And I just want to, I want to keep doing me. I want to keep working out. I want to, I want to see where my, my passions for training go, whether it be bodybuilding or CrossFit or weightlifting. Um, I want to see where those go. And, you know, I, I'd love to, you know, be on anchor um, a lot more actively in terms of, right. Um, having much more high-profile guests. I actually have a whole list of people I'd like to interview for this year, so I'm going to be working on that. And maybe just travel a little bit more. I, you know, I've, I've come to learn this This is a big world, and you know, I, I'd like to see a little bit of it. So the next five years, I just want to, I want to do what I'm doing right now, but at a much higher scale. I think that's just the easiest way to put it. <laughs> No, absolutely. You want you want to get there in five years, knowing that you have a goal in mind, and knowing it, it's going to change. Obviously, yeah. With the fact that it was patient, it, and and that's fine. You know, change is a good thing. It, it, it adapts you to the environment and it teaches a real life change. Of, well, if this happens in real life, how you do it, and if you can find the high profile, it doesn't have to be a fifty thousand. As long as you find one or two a year or two, it adds up. That equals five to ten guests a year. You just never know where I could take you. And if you get out there and just be, you know, one with your voice, you'll get somewhere for sure. Exactly. And it's just one, one of my biggest things that I've been trying to focus on recently is not setting expectations. Right. Because I've just learned that they kill. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, growing, you know, especially in those early college years, 
I, you know, you get asked all those interview questions, where do you want to be in five years? And at the time, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to be a financial manager. I want to be making this amount of money and be this corporation. And you realize that it just it, life never works out how you want it to. So I could tell you right now, you know, in five years, I want to be A, B, C, D, and E. And then if I don't reach any of it in five years, I'm like, oh, like, you know, I get really down on myself because it's not that I'm not where I want it to be, but I had this preconceived idea in my head that I would be somewhere and that I'm not. So it, I, I have goals to improve every single day and, and you know, aspire to grow and, and continue to do what I love, you know, at scale. It's just, you know, people will specifically ask me, you know, where are you trying to go? And I say, you know, just up. I can't give you an exact destination, but I'm just trying to go off. <laughs> no, that's a good point. It, it, it's like the journey. The, the journey, it may never know where it lands, but if exactly. you, just keep, you just keep going up, eventually those small ups will make you land somewhere. Exactly. exactly. exactly right. You know, you know uh, my, my man, in my mid-year performance review, my manager, you know, basically said, oh, within the next six months, you know, you could be a manager here making X amount of salary with commission. You'll have all these employees under you. And then in five years from there, you could go here, here, here. And then two weeks after that, I quit my job. And then here I am now. Wow. Months later. So I, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like I could have all these expectations and in a matter of, in a matter of seconds, you know, life can change. So, but you're right. Just those, all these little small ups will, will eventually get me there. So I don't know, come back in five years and ask me where I want to be. And I might have a better answer. Might have a different answer. You, you just never know. You just never know. So you always got <laughs> to keep that always opening up mindset for sure. All right. So our last question is, what is one thing you like to tell the Anchor Nation that they may not know about you? It could also be a fun fact. Oh, man. Uh, Anchor Nation, what they don't know about me. So, geez. I was never always a healthy person. I mean, really? Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people, um, that kind of always blows them away. I mean, I was also blonde when I was a baby. <laughs> I, I, I have black hair now. No one believes I was blonde, but um, yeah, I used to be very heavy. I was, I was very, I was a very, very heavy kid growing up. I was never athletic. I never played a single sport all throughout um, growing up, high school, college, etc. Never, you know, did did anything like, and just a lot of people don't, you know, it's it's crazy because they're like, oh, like how long you've been doing this for? You look so great, like you know, you're like you know, strong, big, all this, all this fun stuff. And you know, I remember the day, you know, in was it sixth grade? I was wearing thirty eight husky pants. I had chin rolls, you know, I I had neck rolls. I had I had, you know, love handles galore. I was I was I was a I was a chunky kid growing up. Wow. I was I was I was very very heavy i was very unhealthy very out of shape and i think just but yeah i was i was, this this whole lifestyle has probably occurred within the past three to four years for me and that's why like it, it's something i'm so passionate about you know it's something that it literally turned my life around so you know it it, it can be done it can be done you know four years ago to date i was a second semester freshman in college I was ex I was not overweight but I was still very heavy I had no idea what I was going to do with my life and I didn't even know what I was doing in college so you know wow. a lot happens but yeah that's 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 the one thing that many people don't know about me I was 
You know, that's why like, I get it. You know, I understand what it's like to be a heavier person. I understand what it's like to be made fun of for being fat. I understand what it's like to love, you know, those those cookies and potato chips and French fries. Like, I get it. No, it's funny that it kind of kind of goes comes full circle. For a circle, you were not healthy as a kid, and now you're you're living a healthy lifestyle. It's yeah, it's fascinating. Life work, life works out like that, I guess. Everything happens for a reason, people. Exactly. Just re- remember that. Remember that. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. Whether it come full circle. Or not. Oh, oh my gosh, exactly. That's it. Everything in life happens for a reason. Absolutely. I like to say thank you to Thomas Mark for coming on the show. Appreciate taking his time out of the day to come on. But before we go, Thomas, you want to DM your social media so people can find you? Guys, I just want to give you all a big thank you for listening. Kevin, I want to thank you for the amazing interview. I really had a lot of fun today and just getting to know you and getting to speak to everyone here on Anchor Nation. And I'm super pumped for 2018, getting to get involved in a lot more conversations with everyone here on Anchor if you want to find me on Instagram, you can – well, one, you can go to my Anchor page. I should have all my information there. But if you want to look at it right now, I am at Real Chin Shady, absolutely everywhere. Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, at Real Chin Shady. It's a play on words. My full name is Thomas Mark Chin. I'm half Puerto Rican, half Chinese. So I was a huge Eminem fan growing up, and, you know, that, that social media handle always stuck. And also just because someone else has my name. <laughs> Real Chin Shady so, everywhere. I got you. Yep. So Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. You can find me at Real Chin Shady. I'm over on iTunes at High Life Radio. That is where my podcast is primarily hosted in conjunction with Anchor. And you can find me on Medium at Thomas Mark. I'm dropping my 20th blog post tomorrow. Got a lot of fire every single week. Brand new podcast. Brand new blog post for you every single week. And over on my Instagram, instructional workout videos every single day. So, guys, thank you. Kevin, thank you. I seriously appreciate this. Thank no you. No problem, Thomas. Thank you for sharing your answers. And as always, out there on Anchorman, listen, appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen and giving your undivided attention to myself and the interviewee. And we are signing off. Thomas, thanks again, buddy. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Take care, my man. Hi, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch of Anchor Nation Community Radio, and I'd like to say thank you for listening to the Anchor Nation podcast. If you'd like to book an interview or DM me on Instagram, Follow me at The Anchor Nation. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it is also under The Anchor Nation. Thank you for listening and enjoy.